1: Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Ruben. Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming... Only on Disney. Hey,
2: everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from salty sea dogs to seductive sirens. And today, we're talking about sphinxes. Prepare
1: yourselves.
2: Hey Brian. Hey Will. Hey.
3: What's up dude?
2: Welcome <laughs> no to much. another episode
3: of the Dungeon Cast. Yep,
2: this is the third one we're recording today. We're back baby! <laughs> and today we're talking about Sphinxes. So what do you know about Sphinxes, Brian?
3: I know that um, a bunch of British people shot at it with their guns. Oh, lot. you're
2: talking about the great Sphinx of Giza. Yeah, yeah.
3: but I, I did listen to the portion. it was a French. It was a bunch of people, dude.
2: It's I think bunch, it was, it was one bu- instance, it was and it was the French. I'm pretty sure. You could be wrong. And I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I could you, be
3: wrong. You're right, and you could be right, and yeah. I don't. I don't fucking know. It, I know somebody shot at with guns. It, that's mm-hmm. fine, and it's not fine, but like it's. I but that's know. what happened. It's what happened though. So uh that's what do all you know, know. about d- the, the creature? I did listen to, believe it or not, the portion of Critical Role I listened to involved a Sphinx.
2: Really? Okay, yeah. nice. And they had
3: to solve its riddles.
2: Yeah, that's a common thing with Sphinxes.
3: Okay, cool. So, spoilers for Critical Role. Sorry, <laughs> there's a Sphinx involved at some point. You know. Well,
2: yeah, but that's, okay. Yeah, I don't know, Let's I don't about know what constitutes a spoiler for Critical so Role. Sphinxes <laughs> are a species of intelligent and immortal magical beasts, though 5e has listed them under the monstrosity category. Sure. Uh, they are depicted as creatures with the body of a lion head of a humanoid and wings of an eagle, although there are subspecies with different variations of animal heads. Okay. They are mysterious powerful beings with innate magic and wisdom endowed upon them in their very creation by the gods. Okay. The current edition of D&D has them written as beings of divine intent, and they have some small similarity with angels. Okay. Um, they are directly based upon the in real life mythological being of the same name from Greek and Egyptian mythologies. They are famed for their guardianship over sacred treasures, forbidden knowledge, and holy places, mm-hmm. and for their telling of riddles. Okay. They are considered to be lawful creatures, erring on the side of good.
3: Okay. Um, Any questions so far? I mean, why do they tell riddles? Is there a reason why they are into making you really use your brain for it? Because Greek mythology, Brian. Just because. Just because. So, when
2: it comes to the legends of the Sphinx in real life, most common stories are based off the tales of Greek mythology. Okay. Despite the concept of the Sphinx as a cryptozoological entity dating back since the days of ancient Egypt. uh, Most famously, with the Great Sphinx of Giza, the construction of which is estimated to have happened around approximately 2500 BC, Mm -hmm. which predates the Greeks by, like, what, 30? 1300 years at least math something like that i can do math um that might be off but either way (laughs) by a long time (laughs) in greek mythology the sphinx was not the name of a species but of a singular creature and unlike D&D, not one of good intent but an entity of destruction and bad luck okay she was considered to be the offspring of Typhon and Echidna, who are usually blamed for birthing most of the monsters in the Greek mythos. Okay. We've talked about this multiple times. Um, this iteration of the Sphinx physically matches the d d Sphinx pretty closely, with some sources adding the tail of a serpent to the Leonine body. All right. They That's, seem to really like serpent tails.
3: It's like Chimera-esque in like, the kinda. way it's mashed up.
2: Yeah, kind of. Which is pretty common with a lot of like ancient mythological monsters. Yeah.
3: It's um, got the fucking hands
2: of a, of a hill
3: giant. <laughs> Go on. And uh, the feet of a tiger.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, that went somewhere. (laughs) The Sphinx was featured in the story of Oedipus, which is a fairly infamous and messed up tale. Oh, yeah. It was said that Hera or Ares sent the Sphinx to the city of Thebes to punish its people slash king for various transgressions against the gods. Here, the Sphinx was ordered to ask all who would enter the city what is now likely the most famous riddle in all of history. Uh, she strangled and devoured anyone who could not answer the riddle, which, of course, no one could manage to solve because this is a story about um, the Greek gods fucking people over.
3: <laughs> this is a story about killing a town's worth of people. Yeah. This uh, had to t- go ahead. I was going to say the most famous riddle I know is the two statues riddle. Or one tells the truth and one only oh, lies. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you'll, you've probably heard this one, too, which I'll tell in a second. This had the terrible effect of decimating any kind of travel and or commerce into or out of the city, bringing <laughs> the Thebian populace to its knees. Can't
3: go there. You're going to get asked
2: a riddle. You're it's, not going to be able yeah, to solve it. And, and you're, you're going to get eaten. Yeah, Yeah. So this unsolvable riddle was which creature has one voice yet becomes four-footed and two-footed and three-footed? Have you heard this one before? Which creature has one voice but becomes...
3: One-footed, two-footed, no, and
2: three-footed? Four-footed. Four-footed. Two-footed, three-footed. In that order? In that order. Okay, I don't have time I, to I dissect. Just, I just gave you more than the actual riddle gives you. But.
3: I take time. I take a lot of time with my riddles, and I, I dissect them, and I find which piece of it is the misdirection. So if you give me infinite time, I can solve riddles, but I I cannot <laughs> solve them without knowing the answer. I mean, if you give anyone infinite time, they'll solve the riddle. I I hope so. Some people, some people I feel like I'm giving infinite time cannot solve riddles.
2: Wow. Well. I'm not going to go over the story of Oedipus, but when the dude gets to Thebes, he is met by the Sphinx and her riddle. I remember that part. And because he is the hero of his own tragic tale, he solves a riddle by answering, man who crawls on all fours as a baby. Oh, that's right. Then walks on two feet as an adult and then uses a walking stick in old age. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have heard this one before? I, yeah, I've heard this one before. Okay, that's what I thought. Bested at last, the Sphinx then threw herself from her high rock and died. <laughs> Well, shit. In, a, in, <laughs> an, in an alternative version of the story, the Sphinx actually devours herself. Uh, regardless, little did Oedipus know that he should have just turned around and gone home. Because by defeating the Sphinx, he was named the King of Thebes and given the ex-king's widow, Jocasta, as a bride. Unbeknownst to either of them, at the time, she was and is his own mother. This eventually is figured out by the characters and leads to the mother's suicide and Oedipus blinding himself with needles and just a really bad time all around. Yeah, it
3: depends on which version yeah. of the story, like how it ends, like who's stabbing who in the eyes.
2: Yeah. And the, the end. Prompt, et cetera. The end. Back to D&D Sphinxes. Please. So the Sphinxes we are going to primarily discuss today are the Androsphinx and the Gynosphinx. These are the more humanoidish species and the ones most people are most familiar with. There are two others, the Creosphinx and the sphinx which are much more animalistic, but there isn't too much to say about them from the current edition, so I'd like to revisit them when hopefully D&D uh, 5e gives them a nice write-up. Okay. Yeah. So androsphinxes and gynosphinxes are technically two different subspecies of sphinx, uh, but in practical or practical terms, they're essentially just the male and female counterparts of the same species.
3: So when you say these are the most familiar with people, I'm only familiar with, like, the ancient Egyptian sphinx. Right, which would so, be a Sphinx, And you called this... Uh, is humanoid ish, so is it? Bi- is it I you just st- mean
2: that they have the heads of
3: humans, okay? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. That's what Then I'm, I'm, I'm got I still have the right, yeah, picture you in do. My head. You okay. really do, okay.
2: Andro being the ancient Greek word for male, and gyno being the ancient Greek word for female. Both types of sphinxes are large creatures with muscular, lion like bodies and the great wings of an eagle sweeping along their flanks. Mm-hmm. Their heads are a mix between human, human and lion, but. Unlike a manticore, whose man-lion face is very monstrous and ugly to behold, sphinxes have notably noble and aesthetic features to their visage. Wisdom and majesty are words that come to mind when describing the look of a sphinx. Absolutely, <laughs> Matt, it, it, I like that, your confidence.
3: Majestic as fuck.
2: Yeah, they are super majestic. They're and they're quite intimidating. And we should take a short rest. Okay. <laughs>
3: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. It doesn't matter if you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. It's like I said before, Shopify is going to take your business no matter what stage it's at and elevate it to the next level. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast.
0: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm.
3: Come check out our D&D 5e actual play podcast, Super Quest Saga, the show where Will, Brian, your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland, sit around the table and play some Dungeons and Dragons in space. It's Will's homebrew sci fi space opera campaign. Find it on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Super Quest Saga! We've returned.
3: We've returned.
2: We, need, we have. And we're talking about Sphinxes. So early editions depicted Sphinxes as somewhat of this in-between of intelligent wild animals and wandering sages. Okay. Um, they did not have this tie to divinity and law that is the current lore. And they were not bound to a single location on some guardian mandate. Like some wandering spirit? Yeah, they're just, uh, they weren't really well explained in any source I could find that predated 5e. I was really surprised, actually.
3: So they're mysterious, even to the dungeon master.
2: Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So instead, Sphinx's motivation and behavior was unique, much like that of actual people. Um, Many were noted to wander the lands on their own solitary journeys, some seeking wealth and a lair, others seeking knowledge and power, others simply seeking solitude and peace as they spend their days hunting in the wilds. Um, not a lot was ever really written about their psychology or behavior in source books previous to 5e, and what was written is a bit weird. Okay. So, no one really knows what androsphinxes do, except that they're the strongest among sphinxes, and that they hate people, and they <laughs> also are resentful of sphinxes because sphinxes are smarter than them. Okay. By a lot. Okay. And so they're really resentful. They're mad about it. They're mad about it. All Insofar right. as to despise riddles since Gana Sphinxes like them so much. Um, they avoid Gana Sphinxes like the plague unless their moral, their more carnal nature ends up, you know, winning out. Uh sound sound like Meninists. Meninists? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um Gana Sphinxes, on the other hand, uh, were said to spend most of their lives doing three things, essentially. Look for the mouse here so I can scroll down these damn notes. I don't know why this <laughs> thing became so hard for me to manage. You know what? I'm just getting tired because this is the third episode in a row. So, kind <laughs> sphinxes. Only known to do three things before 5e. One, avoid being raped by cryo-sphinxes and herocro-sphinxes. Okay. Two, pursuing andro-sphinxes who rapidly are trying to avoid them for the purposes of mating. And number three, learn dope shit about history, magic, and lore about the layers that they made for themselves in ancient ruins. Hell yeah, I that's love it. this. The third one's cool. Uh,
3: the other two are weird. I mean, it makes sense that they would be doing it, that they were t- trying to avoid that.
2: Uh- yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just it sucks that the lore is the number one thing they're doing most of the time is running from being raped. Yeah, that that sucks. sucks.
3: <laughs> that does suck. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not weird that you would run from that. It's weird that yes, it, it, it is written this way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Now we're it's on the weird same page. That, that
2: is like, a, a, I, was we like wrote nearly I was like that's I was it really that weird? <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Very strange. Okay. Yeah. I get Anyways, it. moving on. Okay. So Five I feel has done a really good job of uh, glowing up the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Um. Now they are very. Powerful, innately magical divine beings created by gods for specific purposes, namely guardianship. Cool. In sacred isolation, a sphinx guards the secrets and treasures of the gods. As it calmly regards each new party that comes before it, the bones of supplicants and quest seekers that are filled to pass the test lie scattered around its layers, so parties know what the fuck is happening here.
3: Do we know which gods? Any gods. Any gods gods. gods can make a sphinx? He's uh,
2: like, I got a secret, dude. I really got to tell somebody better make a sphinx. It is not specified. Um, sphinxes tend to be lawful good, So it's mostly good deities Okay um, But yeah So Sphinxes tests the worth of those who seek the treasure of the gods Whether forgotten secrets or mighty spells Artifacts or magical gateways Creatures that choose to face a Sphinx's test Are divinely bound to that test unto death And only those worthy will survive it The rest the Sphinx destroys Some Sphinxes are actually High priests of the gods that created them But most are simply embodied spirits Brought to the m- brought to the mortal realm by devout prayer or direct intervention that's fucking cool mm-hmm. a sphinx maintains its vigil tirelessly not needing to sleep or eat it rarely engages with others of its kind knowing no other life except its own sacred mission
3: yeah it's just like hold up and it's uh they, they're usually in something pretty extravagant right like as far as a house
2: yeah yeah they're well i mean they're in a layer so they usually have like a great um chamber in which yeah, they dwell a dungeon-esque sort of yeah
3: uh, a man, man, maneuver a maze of yeah,
2: mayhem. Like a like a holy temple, like pyramid or something, yeah. or, or something along those lines. Okay. So usually the secrets and treasures the Sphinx guards remain under another layer of divine protection so that when a creature fails a Sphinx's test, the path to the object or knowledge it guards vanishes. Okay. This way, even if a Sphinx is, um, even like if someone fails and the Sphinx attacks and the Sphinx gets murked, uh, the quester will still fail to gain the secrets that they sought and will make an enemy of the god that places Sphinx as a guardian.
3: Yeah, you have to solve its its. You have to solve riddle. its
2: riddle or fuck off. Or fuck off <laughs> or kill it or whatever. Right. Benign deities sometimes grant a Sphinx the power to remove supplicants that fail their tests rather than doling out a strict sentence of murder, um, transporting them away and ensuring that they never encounter the Sphinx again. However... This is atypical, and most of those who fail a Sphinx's test typically meet a gruesome end beneath its claws.
3: Yeah, it's super powerful, right?
2: It's very powerful.
3: You don't want to fuck with this thing without You do not being, want to fuck you with You have it. to have your mental faculties, because I think in most cases you're going in there, and it wants to fight you, and you have to solve its riddle during— well, like I don't think come. it wants to fight you. Well, it will fight— It uh, is duty-bound to fight you. Here's some more—yeah, duty-bound. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. So it, you have to fight it and answer the riddle,
2: so you're like— Oh, no, usually you answer the riddle, and then you're good.
3: Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So if like, you
2: fail, it's gonna try and eat you.
3: So here's the critical role spoiler then. Oh. Oh. They fought it and had to answer the riddle what? during the oh, combat. really? It was like part of the riddle was mm-hmm. to solve it under pressure, I think. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like and that. they had to do like they had to like jump through like Was it a male Sphinx? It was a male sphinx. I think it was a male Sphinx.
2: Yeah. We're we're gonna I'm gonna answer why. I knew that in a minute. Okay, sure, (laughs) sure. So, the 5th edition, Androsphinx and Gynosphinx physically match the previous descriptions I gave, but there are still some noted differences between the two genders outside of appearance. Androsphinxes tend to be outwardly gruff and downcast in character. They often begin conversations with insults or negative observations. But beneath this gruff exterior, however, uh, an Androsphinx is a being with a noble heart. They have no wish to lie or deceive, and thus practically never do so. But they are also very guarded with information and truth. Thus, they are known to choose their words as wisely as they guard their secrets. Usually, Andrew Sphinxes give tests of courage and valor to supplicants, not only by forcing them to complete harrowing quests, but also with its terrible roar, which echoes for miles as it terrifies and deafens nearby creatures. Oh, shit. So that's the type of Sphinx that would want to put you through, like, a physically harrowing... Uh, situation.
3: Man, I hate shit that has the capability of like blowing out my eardrums like that. Well, that sucks.
2: Suck. <laughs> yeah, it does, that does suck. I'm glad I don't encounter too much of that in my normal day-to-day. Indeed. So, Sphinxes are known to have incredibly wise, penetrating, and shrewd dispositions. A gynosphinx's eyes are capable of seeing beyond the present time and place and penetrating veils of visibility and magic. Ooh. Supplicants who look deep into the eyes might find themselves magically displaced, banished to some far-flung plane where a difficult trial awaits them, um, this mechanically is reflected in their spellcasting list.
3: Cool. Never underestimate a sphinx's intuition.
2: Indeed. sphinxes are virtual libraries of knowledge and lore. They ask riddles and present puzzles to test the wit and intelligence of supplicants that come to learn their secrets. Okay. Some are even willing to bargain with such supplicants for treasure or service, but of course, never for their sacred ward.
3: God, this role play for a sphinx, the male or female, sounds like fucking rough.
2: Uh, I mean, it sounds <clears throat> you just have to be really stoic and mysterious. Yes, or
3: insulting. You have to be
2: a giant asshole. Yeah, you could be like, um, I guess you don't have to be a giant asshole, but you could just you could be an asshole. That's you meet very people large. who are just kind. Of, <laughs> I mean, you meet people in life who are just slightly negative. It's not that they're an asshole. It's just they 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 note things in a slightly negative way. That's how uh, Andrew Sphinx speaks.
3: <laughs> Coming in here with your filthy armor. <laughs> you didn't even clean your armor
2: first. No, that's I'm a complaining. That's complaining. <laughs> I'm a fucking sphinx. Okay, do you have any questions about sphinxes before we move on to these to the layer actions? This one has layer actions. I want to know about the layer. Okay, me too. I haven't read this yet.
3: Okay, <laughs> read it to me. Well, let's learn together.
2: A sphinx presides over an ancient temple, sepulcher, or vault within which are hidden divine secrets and treasures beyond the reach of mortals. Okay. Layer actions. Initiative count twenty. All layers do that. Yeah. Uh one, two, three, four options the Sphinx can do at this okay. point. So number one, the flow of time is altered such that every creature in the layer must re-roll initiative. The Sphinx can choose not to re-roll. Okay. So this <laughs> is awesome. the Sphinx's house, including the time space that exists in this house.
3: <laughs> it's like got off to a slow start. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Do it again. <laughs>
2: yeah. The effect Oh, uh, number two. The effects of time are altered such that every creature in the lair must succeed a DC 15 constitution saving throw or become 1D 20 years older or younger. The Sphinx's choice, but never any younger than one years old. Oh, thank God for that. I think you have to greater
3: restoration that
2: away. Greater restoration spell can restore creatures age to normal. So you yeah. best know that shit now and best not be a baby. I hope you know
3: enough about life that you might get age warped and then know how to fix it if you're yeah, going into a Sphinx lair.
2: Indeed. Number three, the flow of time. It's all the flow of time. The flow of time within the layer is altered such that everything within moves up to 10 years forward or backward, Sphinx's choice in time.
3: What the fuck? So the oh, outside world?
2: Yeah. So, like, yes. Uh, only the Sphinx is immediately aware of the time change. A wish spell can return the caster and up to seven other creatures designated by the caster to their normal time. Don't fuck with a Sphinx. You got a nine person party. This yeah. is a tough Do choice. Do not fuck with a Sphinx. <laughs> um, the time displace your ass. Yeah. Uh, the sphinx, uh, the last one. The sphinx shifts itself and up to seven other creatures it can see within its layer to another plane of existence. Once outside its layer, the sphinx can't use layer actions, but it can return to its layer as a bonus action on its turn, taking up to seven creatures with it. So it can just drop you over a pit of lava and just be done with you. <laughs> okay. Later. I've uh, I survived being dropped.
3: I had a character that survived being dropped into a pit of lava though. Okay. Yeah. All right. We did it together.
2: You dropped me in the pit of lava. When did I do that? It was a battle royale. Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that. So much happened in that battle, I vaguely remember anything. Mm-hmm. I did eat. I did
3: take lava damage. Yeah, you can you live. Ta-
2: but like you landed in like a shallow lava stream. I'm talking about into the heart of a volcano. That sucks. That sounds shitty. Yeah, into like the pits of Avernus. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about the stab blocks. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to hear first? Andro or Gyno? Uh, Andro. Since Andrew. that's the order, we talked about it. Andro Sphinx. Large monstrosity, lawful neutral um armor class 17 hit points 199 this is a challenge rating 17.
0: this okay. is a it's a big big fucking boy. powerful monster uh-huh.
2: uh strength 22 dexterity 10 constitution 20 intelligence 16 wisdom 18 charisma 23 um damage immunities it's immune to psychic damage bludgeoning piercing and slashing from non-magical attacks it's immune- no it's uh-huh. immune to being charmed and it's immune to being frightened uh it has true sight 120 feet. Okay. Um, And it has a feature called inscrutable. The Sphinx is immune to any effects that would sense its emotions or read its thoughts, as well as any divination spell that it refuses. Wisdom um, insight checks made to ascertain the Sphinx's intentions or sincerity have disadvantage. Okay. So there's a good
3: handful of spells that do those types of things.
2: Yeah. The Sphinx's uh, weapon attacks with his claws and teeth are considered to be magical. Um, And the Andro Sphinx has these spells at its disposal: Sacred Flame, Spare the Dying, Thaumaturgy, Command, Detect Evil and Good, Detect Magic, Lesser Restoration, Zone of Truth, Dispel Magic, Tongues, Banishment, Freedom of Movement, Flame Strike, Greater Restoration, and Hero's Feast. Wow.
3: Okay, that's a uh, that's some good stuff. That's so a lot if, of spells. Well, Hero's Feast is fucking cool. So if the Sphinx wants like assist the people that solve its riddle to go do right. the next thing that can Heroes yeah. Feast Good up. job.
2: Here's a feast. Here's a hero's Feast. Um, go kill
3: the next guy. Right. Bye.
2: <laughs> the Sphinx. Also, uh, it's 10
3: years in the future.
2: Oh <laughs> God, that would suck. <laughs> Multi-attack. Sphinx makes two Claws attack, so uh, this is the only melee attack it has. Uh, claw does plus 12 to hit. 2d10 plus 6 slashing damage. And then it has its big move, which is Roar, which you can do three times a day. Okay The Sphinx emits a magical roar Each time it roars Before finishing a long rest The roar is louder And the effect is different As detailed below Okay Each creature within 500 feet of the Sphinx And able to hear the roar Roar must make a saving throw That's a lot of range Yep First roar Each creature that fails A DC 18 wisdom saving throw Is frightened for one minute A frightened creature Can repeat the saving throw At the end of each of its turns Ending the effect On itself On a success Frightened causes
3: you to You can't approach the creature
2: Yeah You're Magically scared Yep Second roar. Each creature that fills the DC 18 wisdom saving throw is deafened and frightened for one minute. A frightened creature is paralyzed and can't repeat the save. Oh, so this, you're just straight paralyzed. Wow. Uh, um, you can't repeat the saving throw until the end of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. <laughs> Third Roar. Each creature makes a DC 18 Constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 8d10 thunder damage and is knocked prone. Okay, Uh, I was like,
3: you become an an ochre jelly or whatever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The creature takes half as much damage and isn't knocked prone on a success. Okay. Um, It also has some legendary actions, so it can make an extra claw attack. It also has a teleport. Um, Sphinx magically teleports along with any equipment it is wearing or carrying up to 120 feet to an unoccupied space that it can see and lastly it can spend all three of its legendary action points to cast a spell Sphinx casts a spell from its list of prepared spells so an extra spell that's pretty powerful yeah that is cool Alright, that's the Androsphinx. Any questions before we move on? Uh, no. Let's get to the, the Gynosphinx. The, the Gynosphinx. Uh Large Monstrosity, Lawful Neutral. This is a challenge rating 11. Wow, that's a huge disparity. Yeah, really. Uh, let me see. What's HP disparity? So the Androsphinx had 199. Sphinx has 136.
3: Okay, so respectable at 199, but very much less so at 136.
2: Yeah, let's see what, what else it has in store. Uh, basically, it has all the stats... All the stats are in similar range, but all the physical stats are slightly weaker, and all the mental stats, except for Charisma, are higher. Okay. Um, Let me see here. Same resistances of bludgeoning and piercing and slashing damage. Uh, Rather than uh, being resist—oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. So, the Andro Sphinx is immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical things. The Ghana Sphinx is only resistant. Oh, okay. So, but you they're... can't
3: even go up against Andro without magic yeah, weapons yeah. if you're a melee.
2: Yeah, he's similar to, like, a solar angel, I suppose. Okay. Um. Meanwhile, they both have immunity to psychic damage and both have immunity to being charmed and frightened. Um, they both have that inscrutable feature, which means you can't read the fucking minds no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, their weapon attacks are both considered magical. Um, Spellcasting list is a bit more magic uh, or arcanely leaning for the sphinx versus the more divine leaning the sphinx was. Okay. So the spell list is Mage Hand, Minor Illusion, Prestidigitation, Detect Magic, Identify Shield, Darkness, Locate Object Suggestion, Dispel Magic, Remove Cursed Tongues, Banishment, Greater Invisibility, and Legend Lore. I don't even know what that spell is.
3: Okay. Uh, I mean, these are kind of more... Um
2: Divination, utility, divination, yeah, divination yeah. spells, yeah. Um, the claw attack is a plus eight to hit, two d eight plus four. She can make two, and then she has legendary actions, uh, extra claw attack, the teleport, or extra spell. Cool. So, yeah, those are the Sphinx uh, stat blocks. What are you uh, thoughts, uh, questions, I, I concerns?
3: Mean, the Andro Sphinx. That sounds like a really hard fight, actually. Yeah,
2: hell yeah, that roar is fucking brutal. And then the la- it's going to be everyone every time.
3: And then the Lair doing its thing, mm-hmm. which is like kind of more. So if you age someone, twenty years, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are you
2: hitting their stats? What are you doing? I mean, I think that depends. I don't know if there's any rules on like going from forty to sixty. Yeah, like like, if your dude's fifty and fifty-five and now he's seventy-five, like there's got to be some ability score hits because it's like, I mean, you just can't maintain that muscle mass.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like, how does the are they are they traveling? Your whole essence through time or is it like they're just aging your body that 10 years your body yeah. that's it though right I so, think if, so. If you just age my body mm-hmm. it's not like i didn't work out yesterday
2: sure but, but that's what i mean is like you can't maintain the muscle mass
3: yeah at that
2: age but if, you have it yeah but it, now it's all been aged 75 years i mean okay if we really want to break this down aging anybody by anything more than through a month should just kill them, right? Because you atrophy like, them completely. Yeah, whatever. because yeah, because like your body basically went through all that time without getting the sustenance it needs to maintain itself over that period of time. Yeah, Like you would be a dried out husk.
3: So that that, that was my other question with like time travel and
2: because like time travel, time travel is weird. Time travel is weird. Uh, it, I'm like, glad we solved that puzzle. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like how how does how does traveling ten years in the past like affect? Are you gonna like?
2: I guess you would be younger and stronger if if. if so that's the char- what you were. The characters
3: also became ten years younger, so like everything went back in time. Oh 10 years. no no no
2: no! Oh, you mean actually o- traveling? O- yeah, the time. outside yeah. world became. Yeah, they you've traveled through time. Okay, so point.
3: then you have to avoid yourself ten years ago, so you don't create oh, like a if, paradox if the or whatever. Did that?
2: Although I think a Sphinx is more likely to go the other direction.
3: Yeah, because it's easier. Yeah. Just to like jump
2: ahead. Exactly. And then you have to like. Because that, that would be weird, like, you go back into the past and you're all in the same room. So now there's two sphinxes? Oh, that's fucked up. You best run for your life. Is there two sphinxes? Like, that's the, that's what I'm saying. This is
3: the argument I'm trying to bring up. Is like, how does your time travel work? You need to know if you're yeah, going to implement this creature into your world. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, no one knows how real time travel works, really. No, not really. Uh, so you can figure it out. Uh, On your wa- own time. Go watch Terminator.
2: <laughs> We're going to take I a I long do. rest. It's long rest time. <laughs> okay. I'm tired.
3: I got my prize slippies on. They're shiny. They've got gift wrap kind of still on them a little okay, bit. The tag's that's... still on these slippies. Let's go. It's prize bedtime. Uh we're getting, we're doing a contest. Okay.
2: <laughs> cool segue. Yeah, we're doing a contest, guys. We're giving away three <laughs> copies of the DD Essentials kit. And if you want one, all you have to do is share our show on the internet, uh, specifically on Twitter. If you use the hashtag DungeonCast, I'll enter you into the contest. On June 7th, I will be announcing the three winners. So if you're looking to get into D&D, this is a good place to start. If you're looking to get someone else into D&D, this is a good gift to give them. It's basically the D&D starter set, but better. I I would say so. It looks cool.
3: It's got fresh new art on it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find us at the DungeonCast on Twitter. That's uh, Will manages that account. I manage Mm -hmm. the Instagram account. You can find us at the DungeonCast. Um, yeah, just hashtag DungeonCast on Twitter. Tell somebody about the show on Instagram. Find the posts relevant to this contest and tag two people in it and tell them that, uh, it's time to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Finally, you can get an essentials kit if you <laughs> enter this contest. But our other normal rules apply when you're, uh, entering our contest. As long as you have, can prove to us that you have shared the show, which is like, we're just trying to get the word out. That's the yep. best way to help the show. Indeed. So we want to help you. If you help us, help us help you. All that shit.
2: Help us uh, help you help us
3: help help us help you help
2: us. Mm. Uh,
3: we're going to we're going to enter you if you send us like an email uh, the at gmail.com. You can send us an email pr- with a screenshot or something proving that you shared it on Facebook or I don't know what else you're doing out there. Did you make a TikTok about us fucking. <laughs> That'd be cool. Let me see it. I guess. Yeah, sure. Um. So yeah that that's pretty much it just prove to us in some fashion that you shared our show. Uh, but yeah pretty much their specific rules for twitter and instagram uh do that if you didn't hear that super quest saga is going to have episodes returning to the internet on uh sometime in june early june uh then you you're hearing it now you're hearing it now it's probably. coming back in june yeah. early june tell your friends that saga returns
2: with that being said i think we can call it a game bye talk to you guys later Maybe we should have gone with SPH words like spherical spheres. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't think nice. of the second one, but spherical well, sphincters. I don't want to use that word either. Never mind, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Let's uh let's just do this.
3: Oh my god. I'm so glad I was recording that.
2: Oh, for sure. Great. Yeah. Cool. Welcome cool. to the end of the episode. Cool. Hey. <laughs> Let's talk about some sphinxes. No god. <laughs> oh, god, I can't get this thing to bounce, what the fuck? Grumps to save the day. There we go. Are right, you ready? Yeah. We're recording? Recording. Yeah.
1: All right. <clears throat> Heart Stephen King. Heart Chuck Palahniuk. Infected blends science fiction and horror into a pulpy masterpiece of action, terror, and suspense. James Rollins, New York Times bestselling author of The Judas Strain and Black Order. The Infected Trilogy is an unabridged three-season audio fiction series from number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler. Powerfully written, an unforgettable central character. Dallas Morning News. Infected is one hell of an exhilarating ride. Joe R. Lansdale, world horror convention grand- Master and author of Bubba Hotep and Hap and Leonard. All 88 episodes, 53 hours of horror, are free and available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Sigler is the Richard Matheson of the 21st century. Infected is a flawless thinking person's thriller. Jonathan Mayberry, Bram Stoker award-winning author of V-Wars and the Joe Ledger series.